You wake up in a bamboo forest. Your body is wracked with pain and you've no idea how you got there. Image of a guy in a suit waking up in a jungle, bloodied and disheveled and clearly not knowing where he is. It's just a great image. Gets up, finds this bottle of vodka, bringing back some sort of vague thing in his consciousness as he's trying to like kind of get his bearings and then starts charging through that bamboo jungle and bursts out onto a beach. You see this just incredible blue paradise of a beach and then starts hearing the sound that we as an audience member start, start hearing the sound rush in, which is this high whining, like, like very, very intense engine noise. And then that's when the whole reveal of the plane crash is there. The drama series Lost begins with the immediate aftermath of a horrific plane crash. And right from the off, the audience is put slap bang in the middle of the action. Every single episode of Lost feels like a fully realized film. I think it was the most expensive pilot ever made. It really affects people. It shakes them up. I think that people are ready for something different. Where are you? There is no preconceived pattern or, or blueprint. This show's never been done before. Where are we? Welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And this is the very first episode of the long-awaited summer review of seasons one and two of Lost. You know, this is the greatest television show on the planet, and this might be your first chance to get lost. Today we have with us a very special guest. Uh, speaker. Her name is Kim. She's also known as Good Things Coming on the Generally Speaking Lost Forum. She's also well known to many of our uh, current listeners to our podcast who have been listening uh, at least for the last four or five episodes, and she's been bringing us Kim's subtle points. And uh, we'll be incorporating that into the show, even though she's going to be on with us. And so, Kim, we want to welcome you to our panel discussion tonight. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, guys. So, uh, Kim, let me ask you this. How long have you been listening to Generally Speaking? Well, I started listening to Generally Speaking right around the 23rd Psalm episode. And uh, I found you guys when I was uh, doing a little bit more research into the details of loss. Because I was noticing things here and there. And uh, I started joining forums and communities out there. And then I found out about podcasting. And I did a little search and I found the Lost Podcast Network. And when I found the Lost Podcast Network, I didn't realize it was a whole bunch of different podcasts within one feed. You know, I heard you guys, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's all, you know, these three people together talking about all these different things. And then I heard the other ones, and I'm like, well, I don't like those. So I went out, and I found your guys' feed by itself, and I've been listening since then. Very cool. Well, we are so glad to have you as a listener of our show. And I do want to ask you one other question, just so people get a little bit of an idea of where you're coming from as, as far as your perspective. How long have you been watching Lost? Well, 
I started watching a little bit um, in season one, and I and I thought it was kind of neat. I didn't really get hooked then, but uh, different people that I worked with are, are really lost fanatics. So listening to them, I borrowed somebody's season one DVDs, and I watched that in about three days just before season two starts, and I have been hooked ever since then. <laughs> Very cool. Now, Stephanie, um, Stephanie's my wife, by the way, for those of you who are listening for the first time. And we do have a lot of brand new first time listeners as a, as a result of this season re- or summer v- review of seasons one and two. That was his title, and he still can't say it I right. I still cannot say it right. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie, why don't you tell us when you got hooked on Lost? It was probably about August of 04 when they started really heavy in on the fall trailers for for the shows that were coming up in the fall and they kept showing this this show this trailer for the show over and over and over again that I had no interest in whatsoever. I'm like that is not a show that I would ever watch. But they kept showing this woman standing behind these like in this little jungle jail is what it looked like and she screams Jack which we heard in the in the clip in the beginning and then they ended the trailer with this guy saying um where are we and those two things made me watch the first episode and because i wanted to know where they were and i've been hooked ever since and i still don't have a clue where they are Alrighty. And just a little bit of uh, background for myself. My name's Cliff Ravenscraft. I will tell you that not only am I Stephanie's husband, I'm a father of three, and I work as an insurance agent full-time. And not only that, but I do ministry full-time outside of that. (laughs) And so, (laughs) what are you laughing? You are already laughing. (laughs) You're funny. Well, I'm just trying to tell people, you know. Give me a hard... You're giving me a hard time already. So... So tell us, Cliff, when were you first hooked on Lost? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. So anyway. Um, if you don't behave, you're going to have to go to separate corners. I'll yeah. tell you. Well, if you only knew. If I, if I keep my headphones on tonight, we're doing good. <laughs> I started watching Lost uh, probably right around the season finale time last year when they first found this hatch. You know, Stephanie had been watching this ridiculous show on television uh, every single week, and I mean, she was a fanatic. I, I, and I kept begging him to watch it with me. Please watch it with me. It I think you really like it. I think you really like it. No, I'm not going to watch anything else. I've got my shows that I watch. Yep, that's what I said. And and I had I wanted nothing to do with this lost television show. It seemed so goofy at the time. And then all of a sudden, I kind of was in the room working on my laptop as she was watching it, and and I found this guy. It's when Lockin. Boone found the hatch. Found the as hatch. soon as they found the hatch, then there was a mystery, and I got hooked from that point forward. Which, for the 101 people, are not going to find that out for a yeah. couple of weeks down the well, road. I'll tell you what, that's a good idea. <laughs> now, those who have been listening to our show for a very long time know that our show has evolved quite a bit from our very first podcast episode. This is episode number 28. Can you believe we've been doing this for 28 weeks that's now? That's crazy. And so... There, There is going to be even further change during the summer review of Seasons 1 and 2. And Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and explain to our listeners what our format is going to be as we do this review this summer. Absolutely. Um, we're going to start off um, our show with kind of a Lost 101. And this is going to be an introduction to Lost for some first-timers. And um, we're really going to... We're going to try to keep this spoiler free, but I cannot promise that I'm not going to slip up like Cliff was just talking about the hatch. So we're, we're not going to promise that 
We're not going to make a We've solemn promise. We've already screwed promise. this one up. <laughs> but, uh, but we are going to try. Well, we you can say we haven't actually started that segment yet, so we really haven't screwed that up yet. Okay, good enough. Okay. I like that. And um, and so then after that, we'll move into like a Lost 401, which is for more um, advanced Lost discussion. For those of us who have been watching Lost for a long time and have said... We're going to need to watch that again. So we're going to talk about the show in light of everything that we know. But then we're going to move into our Lost in the News segment, which will be um, topics related to the show that are in mainstream media. Some of the other projects that the, that the actors are working on during their summer hiatus and things of that nature. We have a Lost Experience Report segment, which is, for longtime viewers will know that this is something that ABC is, is putting on through the summer to keep us involved and and you know, getting more into the storyline of Lost. And, and our good friend Eric Fisher puts that on. So we're going to have that when it's available. And then we have our listener feedback se- segment where we're going to turn our show over to you, our listeners, and um, we will play your calls and, and comments and uh, questions and things of that nature. And then uh, we will wrap up our show by telling you what's coming up on Lost. Very good. And uh, just so you know, if you're just tuning in, the listener portion of our show is our favorite part. In fact, we have an entire segment devoted to listener feedback. But as you will find out, that we incorporate listener comments and questions and calls in the show as long as they're appropriate within the show. And so not only will we have listener calls in the listener feedback, which will usually deal with something outside of the current episode or current discussion, but if you call and it happens to be something pertaining to the current episode we're discussing, it's very likely that you'd make it into the discussion with us. And uh, I will tell you that it's been very well known in our podcast that we involve our listeners Kim's been a long-time listener, as she has said, since the 23rd Psalm episode. Which was about in January. Yep, and so she's now a guest panelist with us. And so we encourage you to call in on our listener line at area code 413-521-0958. And we are really particularly interested in hearing from a certain group of people. We want to hear from all of our listeners. But um, we are really interested in finding out who out there is watching Lost for the first time. And we're really interested in hearing your feedback because that's something that would be new to us. It'd be because we're, we're, we're such Lost fanatics. We only hang around people who are like us and, and, and talk about the show like, like Lostaholics. So <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead now and move. There needs to be a 12-step group for this. There should be. <laughs> Maybe after after the series finale, we'll all join clinics you. or something. It's going to be bad. I want my kidney back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so are we ready to move into our first installment of Lost 101? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, so those of you who are viewing Lost for the first time, or perhaps maybe you have kind of catch, caught an episode here and there throughout the series run uh, through season one or season two, and you kind of were just like, what in the world is Lost anyway? I mean, this is so confusing. And so for those of you, I'm just going to go ahead and play this short little clip for you. Lost is the story of the passengers of flight Oceanic 815 
whose plane, en route from Australia to Los Angeles, is torn apart mid-air over the vastness of the Pacific. The plane comes down on an uncharted tropical island, and for those who survive, there are no emergency services, and anyone looking to rescue them has no idea where they are. We were a thousand miles off course. They're looking for us in the wrong place. You can watch it just for the storyline at the surface, which is how people are coping with the fact that they're probably not going to be rescued. They're probably leaving their lives as they knew them behind. You have this disparate group of people from all walks of life, and we've all we've all got to get on, or we're not going to make it. Oh, that's bullshit! You know So we're being forced to look at ourselves. This island is like a big mirror. <laughs> to your demons. The island itself has a dark and sinister atmosphere and soon the survivors are hearing mysterious voices in the jungle and having disturbing visions. It's um it's definitely not a normal island. It's definitely not a normal island. There are so many confused people out there right now. I mean that's why we're here though. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh so we have now viewed episode one and two, the pilot, part one and part two. And there's the whole plane crash. I think we've played enough clips to give everybody an understanding of what's happened. We've asked you to watch the episodes before listening to this. And so there's this whole idea of what in the world? How are these people still alive? What's going on here? And I will tell you, we have a longtime listener by the name of Adam. He also goes by Gunslinger. And he has, I think, captured exactly what's happening on this island. And I've never heard this before, but I think he has completely solved the mystery. Hello, this is the Gunslinger, and I've got a crackpot theory for the pilot's episode one and two. I was taking a closer look at the pilot episodes, and I discovered something very interesting. Now, I was looking over the characters and cast that are in the first show, and I noticed something, well... I don't think it's unrelated. I'm talking mostly about the mysterious Mr. Locke. Now, I begin to think about, where have I seen this man before? Perhaps in another show by J.J. Abrams? Could he be, in fact, masquerading, and in truth be the CIA director Kendall from Alias? And who was found in the cockpit of the plane? CIA agent Weiss? Coincidence? I don't think so. And where did the Oceanic Airlines depart from in Australia? Sydney. Just a coincidence? Hardly. So here's what I think is happening. The mysterious island is the headquarters of SD-42, an underground organization run by Arvin Sloan. The CIA has learned of this location and sent Director Kendall and Agent Weiss to investigate and take down this secretive organization where they will run their operation to rule the world. Weiss used his alias as the co-pilot to run the plane off course. Their operational plan was to parachute out over the island and perform a search-and-destroy mission. But they were foiled, because SD-42 used their newest weapon, a master death ray, to take down the plane. Thus, the innocent passengers were stranded, Weiss was killed in action, and Director Kendall is left to fend for himself. What I want to know is, when will the CIA send a rescue team? Will Sydney be part? And why did they kill Weiss? He was my favorite character. This will be a major secret of Lost, that it is a spin-off of the show Alias. Well, until we discover those answers, vaya con Dios and stay lost. 
That's awesome. Did you like that? Yeah, I did. Oh, my gosh. I thought about all those things before being an Alias fan myself. That's that's good. Kim, did you watch Alias? And they were flying to L.A. I have Mm -hmm. never seen an episode of Alias, but that was one... That was one awesome theory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, that that is good stuff. And I I, I thank you, Mr. Gunslinger, for your con- contribution to our show and getting us started off with at least our very first theory that's come up. Oh, that's good. He did a good job. It's an interesting theory. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and those listening to the first time, uh, cool. they will not yeah. know what that sound is for a very long time. Very long. But anyway, let's move right along. Uh, we're going to start off with an email that came in from David Graham. And right. uh, I'm going to have Stephanie read that to okay. us. And then we're just going to have some open discussion about this uh, this pilot that we have. Okay. Um, from David Graham. says, Hey Cliff, thanks for using my comments in last week's podcast. You're I welcome. Ha- Notice he didn't address me, but I won't pick <laughs> that up. Uh-oh. I have some questions and observations from pilot part one for this week's podcast. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to rewatch pilot part two yet. Here you go. Number one, how in the world did Jack survive being thrown out of the plane into the woods? He should have died on impact or at least hit one of the many trees that seems to be over a hundred feet tall. Not only did he survive, but without a single broken bone, please discuss. That's a very good question, and without giving anything away, of course, we don't know the real answer to that, even us who have watched all of season one and season two, but it, but that question started with day one, and uh, Kim, do you have any ideas? You know, I, I, I had the same question as well. You know, Jack came down, he ended up with a cut on his side, and he was bleeding everywhere, needed to have it stitched up, but what really struck me was the fact that we saw the yellow Labrador, Vincent, without any blood or a scratch or anything wrong with him. I mean, that was even more, you know, amazing to me than than Jack not having broken a bone. Absolutely. In fact, um, one of the theories that I've had all along is is that this whole thing is a dream. That the plane crash never really happened. That, That it's not literally possible for a plane to break apart in three sections in the middle of the sky and fall to the earth as far as they fell, and for that many people to survive it. It just seems unrealistic, it's unbelievable. So you think it's a dream? I, I, I think I think hmm. it, the entire island is a dream, or a hallucination, or something. I don't, I don't believe, maybe not like somebody's sleeping and they're going to wake up, but, but I believe that it's some sort of dream. That's something that I've always felt felt strongly about from the very beginning. Mm, I think it's a Hurley hallucination. You think it's a Hurley hallucination? Absolutely. I think that, you know, Hurley having been in the psych ward, I think at least part of that is true. Time out. We don't know that yet. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a pause anytime somebody lets a spoiler out of the the bag. Rewind (laughs) Nope. Nope. Forget nope. it. Nope. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So a there you go. Yeah. What may come in the future. <laughs> it, this is going to be so difficult. It is. Oh my god. It really is. Um. I know how we can do this. I, I think that as Jack was falling out of the plane, he had a parachute. His suit jacket was his parachute. <laughs> 
and it carried him safely to the ground. I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, if you guys ever read the Da Vinci Code, they've got that uh, he, air chamber that, that they fly through. And he was, um, yeah. In wind resistance. Yeah. That's what he it's was, about. Uh, he, he was unconscious before before the plane broke apart. Yeah, and it's the same concept. He of, says that uh, to Kate. Drunk drivers who are in a in a crash, they end up with less yeah. um, less injuries because they are so relaxed limber. or unconscious. Yep. They're yep. limber, and that's why people yeah. that are not drunk mm-hmm. end up with more injuries because they tense up before they get hurt. It makes sense. You're right. It does. My um, my brother was in a in a really bad car accident because he had fallen asleep and um, was perfectly fine. Okay. So that that's a it's very possible. Because he was unconscious. His body couldn't... Well, we learned that Kate was awake. Yes, and she saw the escaped. whole thing. And, I mean, she didn't even have a bruise. And we know that because they show her naked out in the ocean. <laughs> yes, they... <laughs> yes, they did. Okay. So... But her knuckles were all cut up. I mean, there we go. Well, her knuckles were... could have got cut up from taking off the handcuffs. That's, well, no, mm-hmm. she used the key to do that. Oh, yeah, that's right. She had the key. Okay, very good. I, I have an idea, though. What I'd like to do is just discuss the characters and what and what and who we met. Because okay. I think that that's something that will be beneficial to people who are watching for the first time. Well, obviously, we met Jack first. He was and the hero. Shouldn't he have, like, bled to death with that cut open as long as it was running around and... You, you would know, think so. Saving the heart pumping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Shouldn't he, seriously, he should have just bled to death on the spot, but... Unless this was all part of somebody's imagination, it wasn't. It wasn't gushing blood when Kate was sewing him up, right. which Cliff can't handle that part. It's no, kind of funny. We skipped that part <laughs> the second time around. And um, we find out that Jack must obviously be a doctor. Yeah, you know. Really, it, it, well, it, doesn't I mean, he even say it? He, he, yes, he did. In fact, I, I believe he did to either Claire or probably to Boone when they were, Boone. you know. No, hey. he was just he was just really, really. What's the word? Rude. Um, cynical. <laughs> Dude, go find some pens. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> no, he tells him. Um, Get out of he, my hair. I he tells he tells Boone, "You're doing it wrong." He goes, "Really? I, I'm a life. I'm a licensed light guard, and and that's how we're supposed to, or that's how they taught me how to." He's like, "Really? You should think about turning that license back in." <laughs> that was great. Yes. He's just like, "Get away from me and leave me alone." Kim, what do you think about Kate? Oh, Kate's very interesting. She seems really, really caring, but also kind of scared she just has this nervousness about her and, and we don't know what that's all about yet. Nope. There's something definitely going on with She's Kate. She's hiding something. And Absolutely. my favorite character on the island is Mr. Hurley. And oh, I love Hugo. Well, actually, He's so funny. So far, there are two favorite characters and and, uh, and I'm going to introduce both of them. And the first one is Hurley. He's the big guy. And here is my favorite line from the episode. Dude, I'm starving. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm nowhere near that hungry. <laughs> no. no, no, thank you. No way, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I love how he laughs. He's like, no, no way, no. <laughs> Dude, I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm nowhere near that hungry. Starving. So I, I really like Hurley, and and I'm really excited about some of the things that will be coming up with him and being well, able. I to love when them. he bonds. I love when he bonds with Saeed over when Saeed and Sawyer got into a yeah. fight later. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and and I really like how they bring Saeed into this, and and this is the first. Uh, television series that has been brave enough to bring somebody that is in the Iraqi military Absolutely. who has fought against our troops uh, during another conflict with yeah. Iraq. I and mean, when it, we find that out, when um, when we find that out towards the end of part two, part two, Hurley says, "You know, I had a friend. He was in the 108th. Da 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 da. What were you in the the Navy or the Air Force?" And he says, "And Saeed." Replies the Republican guard, and and Hurley's face just kind of goes, kind of, oh, yeah. He you looked know, like just, he was going to get up and run scared. Yeah. Did you guys notice? Uh, d- did they say his name, John Locke? Did did John ever tell uh, uh, Walt his name? I don't. Or remember. anybody. Anyway, the the Mister Clean, the bald guy. <laughs> his name is Terry John O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. His name is John Locke, and we'll get to know a whole lot more about Mr. Locke. And he is sitting down, and he has a conversation with Walt, which is the the young boy on the island. And he is describing the game Backgammon. And this is something that I think everyone should pay very close attention to. And I want you to hear very carefully what he says. Two players. Two sides. One is light. One is dark. There is a light side. There is a dark side. But this is kind of like a game. And there are two sides. He says specifically there are two players. Mm -hmm. I know that, but he's talking about backgammon. But I'm just... But I think that... Yeah, he says there are two players and two sides. Yes. Yeah, I, I I still think that the two players is a big deal. Ooh. I think that it's going to be. Wow. Yeah. Maybe two, this is a big game. Right. Wow. I I never thought about two players. There's only two players on this island. There's only two players. Wow. Uh, those who are watching this for the first time are like, "What are they talking about?" You'll you'll know. You'll you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tease you. Stick with us. Cause Stick with we're us. We're all about taunting. That's right. And then uh, next up, we we find Claire. She is yes. the pregnant lady. She is. And uh, let's see here. Kim- I think we should just not... Inter- I don't know. What do you want to say about Claire? Uh, she's pregnant. But is that all? <laughs> I'm, I have more to say, but I think I have to keep that for the four one section. Yeah, this is this is strange. Uh, bear with us, people. We're gonna we're gonna work this out. We're gonna work this out, and next weekend I think I think it'll move much smoother. But uh, okay, well, yep. this is hard to separate what I know from what I just saw. Yeah, but well, we oh, yeah. we learned that she's pregnant. Yes. She d- she is just about ready to have a baby. What else do we know? We that- learned she's eight months pregnant. Nearly eight, months, eight yeah. months pregnant. Okay. Right, and she hadn't felt the baby move since the first day that they were on the island. Aha, that's what Stephanie wants to to bring up. And so... I have a theory. We have a theory. And it came came to us, and and we'll share that in the 401 section. So, Uh, let's see here. So, we have Saeed and Charlie. You know what? We're going to taunt these people so much that some of our 101 listeners are going to listen to the 401 section. They're going to be all confused and have 
a lot of knowledge that they don't really know what to do with. Yeah. Well, the thing but is... But it's going to be cool because it's It's going to be cool. It. Yeah. Go ahead. We have Charlie. Charlie. The guy with the, uh, the word fate on his uh, fingers. Mm-hmm. And then we have Rose... And she is the black lady that sat next to Jack on the airplane. And she is the one who had to be resuscitated. And uh, the one who Boone was blowing air into her chest. And mm-hmm. uh, so those are the characters. And that's really... I mean, is there anything else that we can just say? That Shannon. W- oh, yes. We have Shannon and Boone, who are brother and sister. We yep. The first part of the uh, pilot were led to believe that they might have some kind of relationship where their boyfriend girlfriend yeah, you can tell by you can tell by the way they talk to each other that there's a relationship there but we don't find out till part two that Shannon had some major attitude problems she did she did wow yeah and, and in fact um she, she seemed to be all about the drama, though. Even when Jack first came out of the jungle, she was just standing there screaming <laughs> at the top of her... Exactly. Go go on, Stephanie. You can imitate. <laughs> I can't because I was watching that, and I'm thinking, Maggie Grace must have been so hoarse for, like, days after recording that. Because you yeah. know, you know they didn't record it on the first shot. To get all those people doing all those things the first time just seems to be nearly impossible. Yeah. So you know she had to do several takes of just screaming hysterically like that. Yeah, but they could even have put her voice in, you know, That's after true. the fact in the audio. She they could have, just... but you got to... Pra- I mean, that is... I mean, that's a special kind of screech that's <laughs> full of terror and emotion. And so you know she had to practice it to get it just right oh, yeah. before yeah. she could repeat it over and over again. Well, and Sun and Jin. You didn't talk about Sun and Jin. Sun and Jin. Because they are my favorite characters. You have not found out their names yet. Oh. The Korean couple who are Sun and Jin. And if you look <laughs> in the credits, you'll find it. Yeah, this is, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> We're going to have to rethink our format here. And, uh, and, and just, well, we'll just try our best. And, and we'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, well, let's go ahead and move on into section 401. And for those of you... I think we're already there. <laughs> yeah, we're there. Here, here, we'll go ahead and do our music. Okay, there we go. We're now in section 401, and uh, bumpers for our sections are on the way. And, and in fact, grief. I think we're going to have to just cancel section 101. That, that's rough. It is I, rough. I mean, that's oh, that's yeah. all I can say. That's rough. It's really hard. Because you're right, we didn't learn their names in, in the yeah, pilot uh, and... We'd like your feedback. Uh, is, is there some? <laughs> listen to us and tell us: Is there some way that we could possibly discuss something without spoiling? Because yeah. I'm sitting here thinking I cannot think of anything interesting to say without thinking about all the things right. that I want to think about now that I'm going through and listening. Okay, right. I have an idea. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Kim. One hundred and one section. Why don't you guys bring somebody in that is just watching Lost for the first time? That way, you can get their take on it. And you are probably going to be more apt not to spoil them. Yeah, I, I. How would I do that? I mean, other than bringing them in via Skype, which, you know, that that would be a possibility. Unless right. we find a friend. Well, the thing is, is I mean, are we going to ask them to leave after they record the first ten minutes? And, yeah, and, the road. And no, the thing is, here's what we'll do: we'll build a sound booth, and it'll be soundproof. <laughs> don't know here's the deal we've been keeping in mind that we're trying to talk to people who may not have ever seen this and we've not been able to stop you know we're using names that haven't been given 
We'll have to work you this out. You started it. You I, said John Locke. I did. I started did. Started it. He, I, Kim started I, it. I, I don't Kim started it. <laughs> well, let's just I, move You guys on. are never going to have me guest panel again. No, yes, yes we, we are. Will. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, we I, will. I tell you what. Let's just go ahead and, 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 and continue to talk now. And, and if you're listening for the first time, you know, I, if you don't like spoilers, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, we'll work on it. But uh, if you want to listen to the rest of the show... And you don't mind the spoilers, then then that's fine. Just just let us know that as well. So can I ha- go ahead and yes, start sharing tell us, some? Okay, share share the. So we've thing. already learned we've already learned that this particular spot that they're at has some kind of geological phenomenon that with electromagnetic stuff going on here. Yeah, and, and we've already learned that John Locke has been healed. Healed. Um, he was paralyzed. He can now walk. And we've learned that Rose had cancer. And is now healed. Okay. In pilot part and one. Jen, or and, pilot, and we also learned that Jen. Okay. And, and son's now pregnant. And Jen was infertile. And obviously now he's not. Unless it's Michael's baby. Stop it. It's not Michael's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's so we've frustrated. Learned, we've learned that three of our characters, three of our main characters, have been healed in some way throughout season two. And in pilot part two... Claire tells Shannon that she hasn't felt the baby move since, since yesterday. Yeah, since yesterday. She was having a bunch of contractions, haven't, hasn't felt the baby move since. Cliff and I believe that the baby died. The baby died. During the That's crash. what I was thinking last night when I was watching You it. did, see? Yes. And the electromagnetic forces of where they are at. Whatever healing properties are on that healed island. the baby. Has brought the baby back to life. And that's why it was such a big deal when she, Which is why with Jen, she's like, oh, I feel the baby. Do you feel that? Do you feel it? And he didn't want to touch the belly. And then he touched it. He goes, wow, that baby is kicking. It's like, heck yeah, it just came back to life. It's stretching. and <laughs> Which is why Jack didn't bleed to death. Because of the healing properties of Hello. the island. Which so is going to confuse our listeners. But Doctor Who, that episode we just watched yeah. like three weeks ago. Yeah. Where all those... The nanobots? Are you my mummy? Yes, those are nanobots. Absolutely, the nanobots are healing people. There we go. Hmm. This might have been a really good idea. It's an interesting theory. Kim, well, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, well, Kim's got some uh, subtle points. And, and Kim, it may be weird for you to hear your own voice and, and respond to your own points. But what, <laughs> but what I've done is I've broken these up and put some short pauses in there so that we can listen to one at a time and then comment on them. So let's go ahead and listen to Kim's first subtle point. Hi, this is Kim coming to you with your subtle points from Season 1's pilot, Parts 1 and 2. Night has fallen after their first day on the island. The survivors are gathered on the beach when they hear what sounds like a monster in the jungle. Within the crashing, creaking, screaming, and thrashing that is happening, there are voices or whispers hidden within the audio. Here are the few choice lines. We cannot do this. Bring enough men to do it right. How many do you want us to do it with? Twenty-seven? Tough to say. We don't have time for loose ends. They're ruining the plan. You know crash victims. They can't keep our secrets. For a full transcript, please visit the Generally Speaking Lost Forum and navigate to the Summary View section for the pilot episode. Okay, Kim, why don't you tell us what you think as a result of that those actual lines? Well, I think it might have something to do with the others on the other side of the island possibly scouting out exactly what happened where the Losties are. They're trying to figure out how many people are there and what they're going to do with them. 
Yes. That, that's what I get from that audio. That's what I get as well. And and there are some other things that, you know, just some of the way that they're talking about these people kind of leads me to think, well, were they not expected? And Because and, one of the original theories that I had was that the plane was brought there on purpose and and that Dharma brought the plane to the island. And it really has a lot to do with my Thomas theory that I'll probably get into uh, when we get to the Raised by Another uh, episode again. But the idea was that the plane was brought there. But you know, it's like they're, they're actually saying to one another, you know they can't keep our se- plane crash victims can't keep our se- or crash victims can't keep our secrets. So that I think what we may what may be an indicator with the transcript of what those voices are actually saying may indicate that what Charlie has written on his finger is a it was meant to be a clue as to how the plane got there and that it is really the writer saying that this was fate that they were all brought there together. I like that. That's I like good. that a lot. I've always said that it was fate that brought the plane there. You have said that from the I've very beginning. I've said that from day one. I think the, the Dharma people on the island may have some kind of psychic abilities. Well, we still don't know that the others are Dharma. Okay. Well, the, the Technically. Other, okay. I believe that the others on the other side of the island may all be some kind of psychic uh, phenomenon kind of people. Maybe like if, and trust me, if anybody's ever heard of this, you will email me. Maybe it's like the tomorrow people. <laughs> Does anybody know the tomorrow people? Kim, you've never heard of that, have you? Uh, no. Okay. The tomorrow people was a science fiction show back in uh, the late seventies. And it was brought to Nickelodeon in the United States in the early 80s and was one of my favorite television shows. And I'm so thankful for BitTorrent because I've been able to download almost all the episodes and rewatch them and live my childhood again. But anyway, the Tomorrow People were, the, were this group of people who had um, evolved into the next species of human kind. And they were homo, homo sapiens superiors. Did they have four toes? They did not, but they had great psychic abilities such as telekinesis and um, they could teleport to other places, which seems to have something to do with Walt and possibly bilocation and things of that nature. Now, I would just go on the record for saying I don't believe in evolution and stuff like that, but that's all I'm going to say there. But anyway, the, the show seems to indicate that there is some psychic phenomenon and I'm wondering if they're not remote viewing what's going on on the island. And by that, I mean that they're actually on the other side of the island, but they're remotely viewing through psychic ability what's going on, and they're able they're actually talking to each other. And while they're there remotely viewing this, we hear their conversations back and forth and stuff, something like that. Huh. I don't know. My Kim, head hurts. Let's go to the next settle point. When Kate, Jack, and Charlie are in the cockpit, they hear the monster. They run from the cockpit, but not before Jack grabs the transceiver. From the beginning of when we hear the monster in the scene until Charlie finds Kate in the tree, there are words or whispers hidden within the audio of the clangs and crashes from the monster. Here are a few choice lines. They're now an intruder. Tell them that we located it and they will be soon going. Stand ready. Go for control of the window. We'll cover you. Make him run for his life. Keep running. Keep. Damn, he did get far enough. What we're going to do is separate you. Kill all of them. I told you the plan. Kill the pilot. Chase them away. For a full transcript of what was hidden within the audio, please visit the Generally Speaking Lost Forum. 
Okay, now, what are they talking about, Kim? Tell us. It just sounds like they were trying to get rid of the pilot. It seems that he was a, he was a problem for some reason or another, and they were trying to get rid of um, Jack, Kate, and Charlie, get him out of their territory. They were obviously intruding on something that was important there, and they wanted to chase him away. Obviously, one of the one of the other voices wanted to kill them all, but somebody else reminded them, no, we stick to the plan, kill the pilot, get the rest of them out of here. Right, and, and somebody said, we're going to separate the two of you. And what is the two of them? What Who is being separated? That's a good question. And I have a theory. Go ahead. I'm full of theories. See, I had my first theory last week, and now I'm full of them. Did um, you say you're full of it? I said I'm full of <laughs> theories. Okay, go ahead. I have plenty of things over here to throw at you. So. I know you do, okay. and I know you will. And I'll um, laugh from the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Your theory? So my theory. Separate the two of them, I think, is Jack and Kate. I agree. Because I believe that Jack and Kate are strong together. I, I oh. think that um, I think they've been in love from the beginning. They're bonded because she stitched up his side and all. But um, but that's just my own, you know, crazy theory. Um, but when the monster fir- before the monster takes the pilot, um, and they first started hear it clanging around outside, and. Kate scurries up and like cuddles up next to Jack. Did you see that? That they cuddled. They were terrified, but they cuddled. <laughs> anyway, um, I think separate the two of them is is Jack and Kate because I think they're strong together. They um, they complement each other. Where um, I, I, they work well together. Okay. They're a team. So you say we're gonna, they ha- yeah, when they, they said we're going to separate the two of you. You actually think that they're kind of like talking, knowing that they can't say them. It's but you know, it's kind of like me saying to the kids, you know, I'm gonna. Maybe the kids are fighting, but I'm not talking to the to kids. Them. But I'm saying to myself, I'm gonna separate the two of you. Right. You kind of like that kind of talking. I could see that. the The one thing that I got out of this these whispers is that the monster or the smoke monster or whatever this monster is that we don't see that it's, um, you know, I believe that it's. Not something that lives on its own, but it's con- being controlled by the others, because it's like what you know. I'm going to take the windows, you know, and right. and we got to kill the pilot, and 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 then all of a sudden the monster grabs the pilot or whatever. Or at least we believe the monster grabs the pilot. Right. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Could have been the Hurley bird. Could have been the Hurley <laughs> bird. So anyway, there there is definitely some some interesting things there, but I believe that the fact that those whispers and what they were saying in conjunction with what happened being that the window was used to rip the pilot out and they killed the pilot seems to me that the it's what he gets for sticking his head out the window the the <laughs> the monster seems to be controlled by the the people behind the whispers in part two we see walt reading a spanish comic book it is the green lantern flash faster friends number one here are a few translated lines from the pages we saw that may relate to the lost storyline he looks over his shoulder and finds a polar bear in his hind legs right behind him. Won't Wally look smug when he finds out I wound up as polar bear food? I won't give him the satisfaction. A little bit later on the next page, we see, What are you planning to do? What's the harm in telling us that much? We're only puppets to you anyways. Dying. It's what I am doing. Because of Gunther, because of you. I am riddled with this disease. But I will share my pain. No innocents need to be hurt. 
innocence, what would this world know of innocence? Now, I want to comment on that last phrase. No innocence need to be harmed. And, you know, that's kind of like, you know, if if I had to think back, remember when um, Ethan tries to say, you know, hey, can't we keep Claire? You know, she, she hasn't done anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, you guys stick to the plan and or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, she's she's innocent, but you know, it's like, listen, she's not one of the good ones, and and so this goes back to an early theory called the Walden Two theory, which is that the others are part of some kind of um, utopian society where they're trying to take children while they're young and raise them outside of the normal cultural setting of family and instead raising them as a community and bringing up this perfect society of all good people and and the 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 idea is that the others are a part of maybe dharma and perhaps they are responsible for creating this new human race of people where the rest of the world's going to be demolished do you have any thoughts kim yeah, I think that's I think that's a really great theory. Um, I think it is all about the innocence of the children and not necessarily anybody else. I, I think you're right in thinking that they want to single them out. Let's go ahead and move on to the next point. Kate, Saeed, Boone, Sawyer, Charlie, and Shannon are walking through the jungle trying to find an elevation where the transceiver will work. They hear something running towards them. Everyone runs but Sawyer, who shoots at what we find out to be a polar bear. Within the polar bear's breaths and grunts, there is more hidden audio. I will share a few select lines while the rest can be found on the forum. Wait, they're coming. What's he doing? No way he can stop me. That bullet's too weak. Stay ready. How'd he sneak gun? You want me to do anything? Not yet. Won't be able to repair it. What's up with the polar bear on the tropical island anyway? It's mechanical. I'm sure if you turn it over, it's got a Dharma logo on it. (laughs) That's what I was trying to look for when I was rewatching. It's like, did I miss a Dharma logo on the bear? Because we saw one on the shark later. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow. (laughs) I don't think, I think the polar polar bear, the polar bear was real. No, I think it was real, but I think Possibly imaginary, but. (laughs) It's probably like the horse. But I mean, like a part of the imaginary dream that makes hey, up. Hey, how come they didn't? The how come they didn't cut up the polar bear and go eat its food? You know, that's a good question. Because then they'd have to tell everybody they saw a polar bear in the jungle. But they did. <laughs> yeah, and but the polar bear, I believe, goes back to the original Hanzo Foundation site, and and it goes to the orientation film, and we know that they have a multiple number of scientific projects that they're researching on this island. Uh, that the magnetic properties seem to deal with uh, not only weather manipulation, but healing powers, and also uh, the ability to extend life, and maybe you know something to do with zoology and, and what have you. So, I told you that they were controlling that the others were controlling the weather. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I said that. I you think did. I think Vincent's controlling the weather. Vincent is freaky. There's something up with that dog. There is absolutely something up with that dog. In fact, I do have... Let's see here. It's like that creepy shadow in the back of a scary movie, you know? 
Oh, yeah, because when uh, Jack and Kate around. were going off to go and, you know, yeah. try and find the cockpit, Vincent was sitting in the back in the bushes just watching them as yep. they go by. If there wasn't something creepy about the dog, why would they show that? Right. Yes, it, and they did show him in a very creepy way looking at Jack Right. in part and, one. Um, and in the finale of season two, um, you know, there were a bunch of questions about how... Um, the first time when when Walt saw Michael in the hut, he asked about Vincent. But when they left on the boat, he didn't. So, yeah, what was up with that? There's something. There's something up with that dog. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, it's driving it, me crazy. Yeah, I think <laughs> that if Michael and Walt ever want to find their way back in episode three or four or seasons three or four, it will be because Vincent's still on the island, mm-hmm. and Walt yeah, has that connection to him. It'll be because Vincent is in charge of the island, and Vin- Vincent, <laughs> Vincent is King he. Vincent. He okay. is Vincent. Yeah. All right, I have a serious theory here. Okay. No. <laughs> Pardon me, guys. Go ahead. Um, now, Walt had asked about Vincent and where he was when Michael came over to the other's camp. And, you know, Michael said, obviously, he's fine. But Walt doesn't know that, that Shannon died. As no, far, he doesn't. As far, as far as Walt knows, Vincent is still in the care of Shannon. And before, when they went on the raft, Walt wasn't allowed to take Vincent because they were going on the boat and on the raft. And Vincent would be better off with somebody who could actually take care of him. He could go to the bathroom somewhere, you know, eat all that stuff. So Walt may still be under the assumption that Vincent is with Shannon and being taken care of until they can come back and send help. I don't know. The only thing I can think there is just before Shannon is shot, Walt appears to her and says, shh. And Vincent's I, there. Was it? She was chasing after him. She was him. chasing Vincent. Walt was there and and shushes her because the, the you know he knows that the other people are coming. Mm-hmm. There's the whispers again. And I, I believe that if anything, Walt witnessed Shannon's death. Hmm. Possibly. Possibly. You know, as far as we know, we don't know that Walt is even aware of the fact that he has, as you put it, bilocated to these other places and, you know, has talked backwards and shushed people being covered in water. That's that's true. He could have done that while he was asleep or while they were doing in testing on him. or Right. He could have been sedated and he may not remember it. Right? Absolutely. Well, let's move on to your next subtle point. They picked up a signal on the transceiver of a French woman, which they stated was on a loop that lasts roughly 30 seconds. In that episode, we're told that this loop has been playing over and over again for 16 years and 5 months. The exact translation does not break down to a loop. It actually has different phrases just in what we hear between the iterations. Iteration 17294531. If anyone can hear this, they're dead. It found them. Iteration 17294532. It is outside. It is outside, and Brendan took the keys. Please help us. But they're dead. They're all dead. Help us. They're dead. Iteration 17294533. They're dead. They're dead. If anyone can hear this. Iteration 17294534. It is outside. Please help us. Please help us. Iteration 17294535. If anybody can hear this, I will try to go to the Black Rock. They're all dead. They're dead. It killed them all. Okay, so we see that, I guess the point here is that it's not just on a 30-second loop 
where it reset or it actually says the same message over and over and over and over again. So, and, and I, there are a couple things that are mentioned in there. The Black Rock. What okay. else is mentioned? Brendan. Brendan. A, well, there's a name. Who who was Brendan? Was uh, Brendan her husband? Back I, when she was talking with Saeed? I don't know if she said her husband's name or not. Or was his name Robert? I think it was Robert. You're right. I think you're right. Okay. So who's Brendan? I don't know. And did she also come to the island pregnant? Yes. Or... Was she pregnant? Yeah, I guess yeah. she would. Cause she yeah, she was pregnant. Why would she be out on a scientific exactly. thing if she's pregnant? Exactly. Hmm. There's something well, Maybe she didn't know she was pregnant when she was on the expedition and they just couldn't turn back at the time. I guess that could be. Maybe that. Maybe we don't know how long she was just pregnant like on the island. If Claire would have been two more weeks right. pregnant, they wouldn't have let her fly. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, I it, it's kind of weird that they don't share any of that. Of course, the thing is is that nobody there speaks French. And to somebody who doesn't speak French, it does sound like it's just the same thing being repeated over and over again because it's all just garbled language. Right. And Shannon didn't know enough French to know that it's not the same exact repeated message every 30 seconds. Is that what you would think? I'm thinking that it, it could be a repeated message. I mean, we are given five different iterations, and it could be those five iterations repeated over and over again, but they didn't get to hear enough to know if it was truly a loop or not. That's so. true. Okay. Let's move on to the next subtle point. In rewatching all of these turbulence flashbacks and hearing the sounds of the monster on the plane, I have my own little theory that relates the nanobots to the plane crashing. In Live Together, Die Alone, Kelvin tells Desmond of the purpose of the button. He says that every 108 minutes, we push the button, and it discharges it before it gets too big. In my subtle points for the first closer look at the finale, I hadn't finished my thought on it. I asked what Kelvin meant by it that gets too big. Now, everyone has assumed that they were discharging the magnetic pulse before that got too big. My thoughts are that the discharge is to keep the nanobots in control. Without the electromagnetic discharge, the nanobots may increase their numbers at an ever-alarming rate. This brings me to the second half of my theory. Within the turbulence, we hear the sounds of the monster just as we did at the beach. We also know that Desmond didn't get to the button in time. There was a system failure. It just so happened that it was right about the time that the plane crashed. So since we heard the sounds of the monster on the plane, that lends power to my theory that the nanobots grew powerful and large enough to reach out and affect the plane. Maybe this is why there were survivors. The plane could have been guided to the ground. Desmond was then able to get the button to work, thus discharging the magnetic pulse and destroying the initial overabundance of nanos. I like that theory. And I will tell you that uh, there are a number of listeners who have their fingers on the telephone ready to dial in our listener line at 413-521-0958. And they have already probably started uh, to compose an email message to notify us that the producers or writers of the show have already debunked the nanobot theory. However, I don't believe it. I don't believe them either. I believe that without any doubt that it the the monster security system smoke thingy are nanobots. Well, How can just, they say that that's not true when they told us when we saw the smoke monster that we would know exactly what it was? Right. And it, and you know? did you see the screen capture that I did a long time ago that put superimposed the 
uh, book, The Prey, on right, top of that. that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it was a puzzle piece. And, I mean, the, the thing is, now, I will tell you, the the person, or I don't know the exact name of the person who debunked it, but it was one of the writers of the show, and it happened to be in one of those online forums on, on the fuselage. But I've never heard the actual producers of the show debunk that theory. And And as far as I'm concerned, there is too much evidence that leads to the nanobot theory, and and I am not willing to accept the fact that it's not nanobot. So, well, and the I thing appreciate- is, I mean, just like what, um, Duchuk last week having the right um, theory about what brought the plane down. You know, if they seriously want to sit there and debunk everybody's theory, there's not going to be anything left for the show. You have to think that some of these theories are right. Yeah, there ha- we have to be hitting some of it. We have to be able to hit on some of it. I mean, there's, I mean, they can't completely just. I don't think at the end of this, if they slow series, down everything, like, the series not going to be worth. Yeah, the right. only and, and the thing is, I, unfortunately, I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. I hope that I'm wrong, but I believe that I'm right. I believe that there are going to be millions of lost fans who are going to be very upset when they actually wrap up this series and do a series finale and they show you something like a snow globe. I I, I, I probably would be. And the funny thing is is that one of my new favorite movies is Just Like Heaven with Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. and they end that movie with a snow globe. Yep. You know, the and I'm like and I can accept it from that movie because just in my head it's just yep. just fake. But um and I still hold that the whole story happened and it wasn't just his imagination. But anyway, um, I think I would be upset if they ended Lost with, with that kind of theory. But I'd have to accept it. Yeah, I, I, I believe we're going to find out that in, in that way. If- but either way they turn it. Either way they turn it, they're going to up- upset view, you know yeah, Lost the- fans. They cannot possibly have... A series finale, two or three years from now, that's going to satisfy everyone. No, I know that, but they have the ability to not ruin, to not make millions of fans mad by showing them that it was just all in Lenny's head, right? Which I believe it's going to end up being because the here's the deal: there are I two. I think it's in Hurley's head. I know it, it, that was my original. Well, that was no, actually, original. I, I take that back. My original theory was that everybody on the island are all either patients. Or staff at Santa Rosa, and that they are all a part of some kind of scientific experiment at experiment at Santa Rosa's uh, facility, and they're all hooked up to some type of matrix type thing where they're being able to live out their thoughts in some kind of uh, ultra reality world. And but then the more I think about it, somebody else emailed in or called in and said that they thought it was in Lenny's mind, which makes a whole lot of sense. I Here, think they're all uh, alternate personalities of Hurley. You think so? That would Absolutely. be cool. That would be cool. And and that would make sense because there is documentation that people with multiple personality disorder can have alternate personalities that number up into the thousands. A beautiful that, mind. Yeah. Well, that that's true because I mean, alter, alternate personalities can communicate with one another. Sometimes they don't yeah. know others exist. They can have. You know, different nationalities, speak different languages, be male, be female. It, it could make sense. Absolutely. A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Do you that think... That doctor is 
a brilliant man, but for years was lost in his own mind. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to wrap things up right here. We're about one hour into the show. Stephanie and I had had a two-hour panel discussion with Kim the other night, and we wanted to bring to you a majority of the conversation, and rather than editing out half of the content, I've decided to go ahead and split this podcast into part one and part two. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Just want to say that you can check us out at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And you can get to our Generally Speaking Lost Forum from there. You can also check out the other podcast in the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. And, of course, there is a brand new button on there, which is a vote button for the Podcast Alley. And we would certainly appreciate your votes. And, of course, in Part 2, we discussed that a little bit more in detail and the importance of doing so. So, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end this show and look for Episode number 29, Part 2 of this discussion, to come out pretty much right behind this one. I still have to go through and edit that part of the show, but I figured since I have one hour worth of content, why not go ahead and wrap this up and deliver it to you now. And so until next time, let's stay lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And please, start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening.